did because I'm sure if it was based off the true events, it just woo. <laughs> and I just had a small heart attack. Oh just yeah. Kidding. <laughs> I'm surprised I did not. I was just kind of rolling with that. And that hit me right here. That was how funny crazy. though. We're talking about the movie The Exorcist, and it's and a bolt of lightning almost went through me. Bolt of lightning. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunder Rooster Podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone. My name is Ron. And I'm Paul. And today we are starting off our very first podcast. We're going to cover all kinds of subjects. We don't really have a niche yet, so to speak, but it's all just kind of what interests us. Absolutely. So we'll talk about paranormal stuff. We'll talk about music. Oh, definitely music. And movies. As well as conspiracy theories. Our favorites. But today, our very first episode, we are starting out with the movie The Exorcist and the true story that it is based off of. And obviously, everyone needs to know that this was actually Ron's first time seeing the movie. We watched it earlier today and mm-hmm. uh, and he learned quite a bit, didn't you? I did. <laughs> it definitely was not as scary as I was th- Hoping it to be, or Ron, that was seventy one. I know, 73. I know. I mean, times were thinking. different. It was very interesting to see how. I, I guess how much has changed, really, mm-hmm. with stuff now that's scary. But I think the biggest thing for me is whenever um, I guess I've seen more pop culture references to that movie, and not seeing that movie, I kind of already had some stuff kind of thrown. So. My psyche watching the movie was also kind of thrown off from the fact that, oh, I see this parody part. Of course. And it's like you've seen videos in the past. Mm-hmm. You've been, you know, wanting to be informed about things that you didn't understand. And it's like, you know, possession or paranormal. And it's like we're seeing that firsthand. So right. it's all objectivity. But, yes, I am pretty happy that you got to see it and see what <laughs> it was actually about. Yes, that that opening part with the uh, piano playing, the girl coming down and wetting herself. Yeah. Here's what went through my head whenever uh, I saw that part. She's good. She's been really sick. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> but, uh... Anyhow, uh, what we're first going to talk about is the fact that the true story that this is based on, actually, it was not a female. That's correct. As we were looking, you and I were checking into it. The story, the the movie itself was written from a novel. Uh, the author of the book, um, William Peter Batley, uh, wrote this book in 71, and it was a cultural phenomenon. And as people were starting to get more involved in understanding, like, what was this about demonic possession or what had a, you know, a stranglehold of what was going on at the time? Because, again, nobody knew anything about it. Um, as we look through things, you could tell that the story what that was broadcast in the movie wasn't about a young girl that was going through this demonic possession. It was a young boy, 14 years old. 
Um, and the strange thing was he actually had several different names. Uh, he kind of went by Roland Doe, but he had other aliases uh, through the years because people wanted to actually try to connect with um, this young man because of these true stories. Right, they want to do a deeper dive to try to connect with, like, what could happen right. and whatnot. And as far as going through the years, they were unsuccessful in reaching this young man because mm-hmm. what had happened to him and his family scared him and cursed him, that they didn't want anything to do with it. Right. They actually helped with, you know, with the book writing, but with the movie, they wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, they were not looking for financial gain. They were not looking for anything. They right. just were like, this has, this shocked our family, and we were just trying to go on with our lives. So wouldn't you say that that's kind of one of those uh, kind of one of those red flags where the family's not profiting any off of their story? They right, don't because, because we don't know. I mean, something could look so real. I mean, there's, you know, as we can tell, as we've been on the subject, you know, we looked at some of these actual, are these exorcisms real? Right. You know, and we looked through a handful of videos, and in some of them, it's like, you don't think that. Right. Whereas if they're looking just to get monetary gain, but then if we go to, you know, developing countries or, or where people don't have resources, it's like, I just firmly believe I don't think these people are making this up. Right. Just like places that's never even seen a horror right. movie before. Exactly. You think they're going to make something up like that? But no. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the young boy that the story is based off of, uh, like Paula mentioned, his, his pseudonym that he went by most commonly was Roland Doe. Uh, that's most of our research has popped up that being. Uh, he also went by Robbie Mannheim. But his real name that we have found out is actually Ronald Hunkler. Ronald Hunkler. And uh, he that. actually lived a pretty long life. I did not find out if he was actually deceased or not. And see, that was one of the things that they couldn't even they couldn't even go that far with. But you would kind of find it interesting that you know when people are investigating, you know, either a lost person or something, a case file, and they right. get nowhere. That's kind of odd. He probably just was like, "Yeah, enough of this. <laughs> enough of this. People found me. The internet's around now." <laughs> But yeah, this uh, all took place in the late 1940s. Um, the Roman Catholic Church got involved uh, probably in the later, probably, what was it, two years, three yeah. years after this happened? Yep. But yeah, um, they were recorded by a priest, Raymond J. Bishop, and the uh, subsequent supernatural claims surrounding the events uh, were used as the elements that the novel was written upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you want to start off with this one? I mean, as far as what we had saw, you know, when I started looking a little bit more into the actual novel from uh, William Peter Blatley, it had a testament of so the 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 priest that's that's portrayed in, in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a part of a real life event. Um, that was Father Walter H. Hilleron. And as far as what we saw, it seems like he was one of the last surviving eyewitnesses of right. that actual event that he participated in. Correct. So yes. a lot of the stuff in the film that we saw, the, you know, the urination, mm-hmm. the head spin, that was all just Hollywood magic. Hollywood hype. <laughs> and for years, you know, that, that scene sticks out in so many people's mind. Oh, yeah. To know that it was just Hollywood hype. It, at which the a time, lot of it was the this. unimaginable happening. Kind of well, not pissing on the floor. I'm pretty sure everybody's uncle or father got drunk one Somebody night. Somebody has you know? <laughs> Something like that happens, but uh, everybody has their college days. Yeah, of course. You know, you live and you learn. But that was just very interesting, knowing that 
if you could go back, I mean, really, this particular priest had all the firsthand knowledge. Mm. I'm sure he helped with the writing of that book. Right. 100% of the time. Yeah, and the only actual evidence that they have of the actual uh, exorcism taking place were diaries that uh, some of the Jesuit priests had. Uh, and there was only like eight copies of it made. And that's and what I thought was really crazy because it's like, how are you going to validate something that is already so scarce to find? Right. And the only reason why it really got picked up was because of uh, newspaper articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all throughout the town of... Uh, what was it? It was one of the outside suburbs of D.C. And... But which is interesting, too, is that... Do these things happen for a reason? You know, you're sitting here looking, you know, at what happened in either different case fence. I mean, is it something that had to do with the condition of the person? You start to think more about it. Is it really a situation where they were possessed? Right. You know, as as we're a mental illness and as we're reading through the diaries and we're listening to reports and, you know, what was written for the book and what was written for the movie, you start to ask yourself, I mean, and they'll even connotate that schizophrenia right again we don't know per se because we aren't evaluating and we're not there but the questions beg to arise like is this something that happened because of these events right or was it just really this person was possessed and they're vomiting and their eyes roll in the back of their skull and then they do (laughs) spider walks down steps oh that was the best if you haven't seen the uh, extended spoiler alert, cut, spoiler alert, spoiler <laughs> alert, now. There's some stuff that wasn't in the original that I'm told that if I had not seen that, it would have been a huge loss for me because that was, uh, it was epic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, wouldn't you know it, this all started from the use of a Ouija board. How many times? How many times? <laughs> how many times do we have to tell people, don't play with the Ouija board? I know it's one of those things. Just I mean, don't. I get people are interested, but I mean, I would be interested too. But it's like you just hear from others. Oh well, look what I just did. Oh yeah, I wouldn't even chance that. Yeah, I'm so interested in that stuff, but I'm just way too big of a pussy to even try that. Right, because like, once you on open Pandora's box, there's no uh, there's no coming back. There's too many horror stories. There's too many. Like like I said, you know, it's a big surprise. It all started from a Ouija board, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it all had to do based on just uh, you know a young boy wanting to play some sort of a game to entertain himself, and look what happened. Yeah. But one of the things that they mentioned that they didn't mention in the movie, which I think this might have significance because we were looking at some of the other information, um, you know, and it had to do with supposedly Roland had an aunt named, they called her Aunt Tilly. Mm-hmm. And this kind of kind of seems like this would make some serious sense, even though we don't hear much about it, but he, uh, the young boy, based on the movie, had, had lost his aunt a couple months uh, I believe living in the in their first house. Mm-hmm. So those events could have actually captured what was going on with you know his suffering because apparently they say that you know these spirits sometimes try to center their energy into uh, into negative things or negative events. Right. Yeah. You know. But that yeah. was yeah they didn't really go that far into it. I mean that would have been interesting to see maybe you know just mm-hmm. because of just the origin involved. Yeah. The. Uh Nicknamed Aunt Tilly was actually called Aunt Harriet. 
and uh, where I trailed off earlier, and Paul saved me on the dead air, but the <laughs> the place where they lived at was in Cottage City, Maryland. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just like in the movie, a lot of the stuff that started the whole possession with uh, Ronald Hunkler, um, I think it's safe to call him that, since that's his real name for the rest of this. I know a lot of people uh, will know him for a pseudonym, which is Roland Doe, but I think people are starting to catch on, and if you're doing a deep dive, then you'll find it. Mm-hmm. But um, it started out in the movies, where... You know, there was scratching in the walls and just, uh, I think one thing I didn't notice in the movie that they actually uh, recorded happening with him was uh, random drips of water that would start, which you have some interesting thoughts on that, I'm sure. <laughs> we might have to get into that another, yes. another time. <laughs> we, got, we got a couple good stories. We don't want to give it all away. But yeah, um I just random scratching in the middle of the walls or just anywhere in your house. That would drive, you just imagine that? I'd drive somebody crazy. I'd leave my house. Right. I mean, without even thinking in the supernatural part of it, you know, just drive you nuts. Because really, you'd have to bust some uh, some drywall up to get to wherever it is. Well, and then how do you feel? I mean, since we're on this subject, though, but it's like... You know, by law, realtors are supposed to mention if there have been deaths in properties before you purchase. Yes, but also, would you on buy top a property? Hang on, would you buy a property knowing that there was a horrendous murder in the house? No, neither would I. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> See, some people would disagree with that and go, "Hey, this is a really nice piece of land. You know, I got a lot of acres. I can definitely make my money tenfold down the road." Yeah, yeah. Well, something I was going to add to the top of that, there's actually some states where they have to disclose to you if the house is haunted or I not. agree. Yeah, they have to. Whether or I not. would hope they would. I mean, I'm assuming they're just going to have to go on the effect of previous reports, like people just randomly leaving because it's haunted. So I'm assuming the first time somebody leaves and says it's haunted, then what, do they have to report that from? Uh, that's would, something we should probably try I and would get somebody hope, on just, for. Yeah. Get I'm sure we could get some. From one of those we could get some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could uh, make some contacts. I think. Yeah. Meet some people with it, but no, it was. Uh, you know, then going back to it, yeah, the movie was. It's to me is still considered one of the scariest movies I've seen. You got to put yourself in time and a place, Ron. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, paranormal things are, are are those type of movies that will get me every time. Yeah. It's just the psychological aspect mm-hmm. to it, not knowing. What is true and what is what is real, what's not real. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just so fascinating. And I'm I'm the exact same way. Like I, that's basically the only scary thing, or something that scares me for a scary movie. It always has to deal with some kind of demon or possession type thing. You know, slasher movies, monster movies. Like that doesn't get me. But I don't know if it's I grew up in church and stuff like that so that's a lot more scarier to me than like a monster I can see somebody's little zipper in the costume kind of thing <laughs> and it might have to do with faith I mean that's yeah. that's something that you know you could even you could even dabble on that too it's like is do these type of things happen to people of faith or, or not of faith you know we yeah. don't we don't know per se right but that would freak me out enough I mean just by the idea of, of you know, all the, the doctor tests that they would do, and it's just to say, hey, I mean, is this person having 
a split personality issue? Mm. Are they severely depressed? Are they just going through something that nobody can understand, but at the same time, floating off a bed doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, floating is not going to solve the problem. Oh, man. But definitely (laughs) definitely a 10 out of 10. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm very happy that you had the chance to actually you know, see this because you're a little late to the game, but that's okay. It it was uh it was something else. Uh, we'll show um a little clip here. I'm not sure exactly if we could show it or not because it's from the actual Exorcist movie, and uh, not sure even in the 70s this was a pretty harsh I, I scene. Would say, I would totally say here in yeah. 2020. I watched it for the first time, and my mouth dropped in awe of what I just saw. <laughs> But uh, we're going to take a quick break, let you watch that clip, and we'll come right back. I just wanted to add that this is not a sound effect. It is actually storming outside right now. And uh, we are in outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, we don't usually get this kind of weather, so kind of enjoying it now that I notice it's actually coming from outside. <laughs> but, oh, man, I still can't believe this is, uh, is based on a true story. They definitely... Did the whole Hollywood thing with the movie, which I'm glad they did because I'm sure if it was based off the true events, it just woo. <laughs> and I just had a small heart attack. Oh just yeah, kidding. <laughs> I'm surprised I did not. I was just kind of rolling with that, and that hit me right here. That was how funny though. Crazy. We're talking about the movie The Exorcist, and it's and a bolt of lightning almost went through me. Bolt of lightning. That was really close. It but was. if I look at my phone a couple of minutes, it's going to be like half a mile away. Like, Yeah. <laughs> if that. And my wife ran out of the room. She's uh-huh. scared. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be her. Oh, man. So, uh, what can we say about this? Um, we got some funny uh, parts that left me just completely... Was it the shock. vomit? Was it the vomit that did it for you? No. No, vomit. Vomit, I, I knew it was coming. The head spinning? No, it was the... What did it for you? <laughs> just trying to get her to fuck herself with a cross. See you next Tuesday. Maybe we'll just yeah. uh, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, that's... Uh, Something that nobody really expected to happen. No, I still can't believe that even in the 70s that that was allowed to be in a movie. Well, I think... People are a little bit more free thinking back then, Ron. Yeah, I guess so. Not so much. Oh, you didn't even think about that in that <laughs> that sense. It won't be too much longer to be like, I can't believe they said that in 2020. Nope. nope. They're just going to take all that away soon. Yep, we'll just have our mouths taped up. That's pretty much how it's going to go. <laughs> uh, but it was a great film, again. 
I'm just happy that you actually had a chance to see this. We saw it together, so I think that's even yeah. better, the fact that you've never seen this, and uh, I really feel old. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay, I couldn't say it myself. It was bad from the get-go, but the demon statue from the beginning just made me laugh. And I just kept seeing that, and then when it actually came up in the movie later on, during when everything was going down, I lost the momentum of any kind of scariness, because... Why would you leave that in? <laughs> Give this demon statue a giant <laughs> cock and balls. Fully erect. I mean, I guess I should be scared, but... <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was very scared. Shoot. Uh, coming to get you. But I, what, something that was very interesting to me, I did not expect the movie to end the way it did. I would say spoiler alerts, but even myself seeing it for the first time today it was my own fucking fault for not watching it sooner so if you haven't seen it in the whole 30 plus it's coming up in 40 years i know that's what was really really hard to imagine that's crazy but uh yeah the way it ended with the priest both of them it did seem very weird they died just it was just very anticlimactic yeah no no backstory to that it was just you know, the one priest basically saved saved her life. Yeah. By basically ask, giving himself. Kept asking, saying, take me. Right. She's just a child. You know, showing a heroism. Like, look, you know, no, not only my father, you know, and, you know, and, and I devote the church and I devote to this lifestyle, but he took his own life. Yeah. The something interesting on that part of it being is that, um, I guess, in the movie... It's Satan himself that is possessing her. At least that's what they lead into it. And when the in the actual case that it was based on, uh, there were a bunch of random scratches that popped up on this kid. And uh, apparently, the number or the letter X kept popping up as like ten. Right. You know, and they they assumed that he had ten demons in him. But Gosh. from what we you know, watched a little bit on the subject too. He might have been a little asshole. <laughs> it's very possible. Again. Before everything kicked right. in already. We don't know everything that's involved because, like you say, you know, they'll look at the situation and they go, oh, I don't really think it was this. I think these events led to this. Mm-hmm. And you still don't have real information or even a real sense of, like, is that the truth? Right. You're, you're going to have, you know, conflicting opinion. You're going to think both ways about it yeah you know so that's what makes it interesting it really does so i think that pretty much wraps it up on the actual story it's based off on there's a lot more details but more or less this detail or this uh episode is kind of wrapping up in our minds of we can't believe that it's actually based on a true story so it's very interesting to find out that it was and the deep dive we kind of did on it and what I'd like to pivot to now is what are your thoughts on possession and the whole exorcism I believe thing? it's I believe it's to be true. I mean, everyone has to take things with a grain, but you know, if if you're open-minded, then I think you're going to think that that's a possibility. Yeah. If you're closed-minded or closed off, then so be it. You know. Mm. It just has a lot to do with the whole paranormal and, you know, just what goes on. Uh, in day-to-day life right but so um 
I really think we should just wrap it up. I think you're, I think we have oh, I'm, enough. I'm going there with it. That's I think we sure. are. My my thing is with everything with the exorcism and the possession thing is I find it very interesting. Most of the stuff is with Catholic Catholic Catholicism. Catholicism. Catholicism That's where I was yeah. going with it. Yeah. But I know it happens in other religions and stuff, obviously, oh, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always the like standard. Everything seems to be tied with the whole the process of exorcism and it has to be a Catholic priest. It's why can't why can't it be a Protestant? Why can't it be anybody different? Why does it have to be a Catholic priest? Right. What what is the what is the, the rules for that? Who knows? I mean, I guess it depends on you know, what spirituality is what's possessing you because I've heard of cases where, you know, in uh Muslim faith or mm-hmm. Islam, I should say. Um, you know, you had to have a certain uh, priest or something of that nature for them, but it's for jinn. You know, right? Just their like hierarchy. The, Where do they go? Their from own this? Yeah. version of demons. Like they have their own version of things. But in the reality, I mean, it's probably all the same thing. But you know, everybody's got their. It's probably all just the same story. With everybody's different point of view. And we fight Maybe that's how it was passed from, <laughs> you know, generation to generation type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. What right. I just what I don't get is just the fact that, you know, as we saw in the information, why does this person have to be, you know, a complete practicing priest? Yeah. Why do they have to have, you know, uh, I'm just trying to blank on the word. Why do they have to have the permission to do that? If the person is trying to help the one who's suffering, why do they have to get permission? from the church or, you know, or, or anybody else for that matter. That's I mean, what I kind of found Catholic, it interesting, you know what I mean? The whole Catholic foundation and the way they have their little branch of everything going. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to, you know, put their foot down, be sure. able to say this can and cannot happen. You know, it's also a PR thing. They don't want people just randomly going like, we did this in the name of Catholicism, you know. That's so I think, I think that's why they have to have certain things done. And, you know, makes sense. I don't want to say anything bad and nope. upset some no, people no. to where no, no. I can't be like, hey, I need some Catholics over here. <laughs> but, all right. Yeah. Um, bear with us, folks. This is our first podcast, and uh, I'm not used to talking a lot. So, well, hopefully, you tune in next time because it's going to get bigger and better. I it's promise. only going to get better. It's only going to get better. That. Yep. Yeah. We'll leave you with a nice little funny clip on our way out. But I hope everybody has a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll uh, have another one for you next week. Take it easy. Later. Take care. Hey, kingdom come. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Suck on this. <laughs>